you lucky bastards. <laughs> you are fortunate enough to have stumbled upon episode three of season two of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. As always, I am joined by the smooth-voiced <laughs> co-host. Uh, I, had a, uh, I don't like the new intro. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I figure I'll mix it up here and there. Uh, as always, I am joined by the brilliant recapper, Ski. <laughs> Hello. The comic genius, Brent. Hi. And I, with my uncompromising, unparalleled mediocrity, am Alan. Whatever. Uh, we will be. He only downplays his fantasticalness. <laughs> That's not a word, but. Yeah. Well, I don't think. Uh, I think I'm closer to being accurate than you are. I'll at least say that much. <laughs> so, so, as I said today, we're doing episode three of season two. Um, take him, he's mine. And uh, with that, I'll go ahead and hand it off to Ski and he'll start the recap. All right. So, uh, take him, he's mine. Original air date was October 11th. 1986. This one was written by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman, and another one directed by Terry Hughes. Yay. Yay. He's pretty good. He does a lot of these, so he knows what he's doing. He's got a good hold on the uh, on the characters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we open in the kitchen. Sophia and Rose are in there. Real quick. It's one of the few times they've like opened at dusk. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that the opening seemed just different in general, like that opening shot going into the house. Yeah. Um, it kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You mean the outside show of yeah. the, the, the house? Yeah. Yeah. Like normally it's, I don't know, day or night. It's never uh-huh. like in that mid period. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see that the. Uh, They're changing it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Golden Girls for all times a day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys, are you guys familiar with the Golden Hour? No, what is the golden that, hour? That was hour, right, with an H. Uh, hour, yes. Yeah. Oh, not, okay. not like hours to own. <laughs> <laughs> hour, like hour of the day, yes. So it's a photography term. Uh-huh. At least that's how I've heard it. Yeah. It's also probably with videography, but uh-huh. um, right around uh, dusk and mm-hmm. uh, dawn, yeah. like when the uh, sun is kind of coming up, it's, it's mm-hmm. low in the sky, yeah. uh, the light is diffuse, Right mm-hmm. through the atmosphere, gotcha. and the, so you'll notice there's almost no shadows, hmm. which also means there's no harsh light, <laughs> and it's kind of a, a golden time, like a, yeah. a prime time for photographers and videographers to get outdoor shots and stuff, nice. because uh, the lighting is so gentle and it almost has like mm-hmm. a, a yellowish hue, mm-hmm. so they call it the golden hour. Nice. So would you say that oh. the opening for this took place during the golden hour? I think it's pretty close. Yeah. Maybe every episode should start that way then, either <laughs> at dusk or dawn, <laughs> one or the other. I'll remember that when it's time for my senior pictures. There you go. That's exactly right. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of uh, early, early um, wedding pictures are taken around then. Yeah, well, Brent always late. has uh, his pictures taken with uh, glamour shots by Deb. Because he likes Why to Why would you go anywhere else? Well, he likes to look billowy. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I think it's going to turn out really nice. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that one, right? Uh, Napoleon I, Dynamite? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you had a confused look on your face for a second. I was like, I hope I we're not I leaving him in the dust. Didn't catch the reference. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may not have watched it quite as many times. That's one of those movies, probably like this podcast, that the first <laughs> time you listen to it or watch mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not great. But every time you, you know, do more, it's even better. So yeah. anybody out there who's listening and, you know, just stunned by the mediocrity of the podcast in general. Keep going. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. The more you listen, two, the, three the more, more times. you like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But definitely go in order each time. 
So like listen to episode one and then, you know, listen to episode one again and then episode two and then you go back and listen to episode one and then episode two and then episode three and then just start at the beginning each time. <laughs> yeah, that would be, I, I wish that was the way people really were doing it because episode one we have like, I don't know, 150 listens and episode two is like 90 odd and episode three is around 50. And then after that, it, you know, it goes into the 30s and 40s for most yeah. of the rest. So if that was the case and be like, wow, people really are <laughs> exactly. just trying to soak up these first few episodes not deciding they were no longer interested yeah, exactly. after the first listen so good to know we have a we have a consistent half-life mm-hmm. yeah. well i definitely think that if you were to listen to us starting now and going backwards mm-hmm. you'd be like oh wow they were really really improved over the course of the season mm-hmm. um you just have to get over that first two to four episode hump i think uh, yeah. before we kind of start you know getting into now granted this level of uh podcastery still is <laughs> I, I would say certainly a low level um, yeah, but yeah. I, I was wondering uh, this isn't you know all related to this but podcasting you know if you were thinking like a first-rate podcast would probably be one mm-hmm. where it has like a you know celebrity host and celebrity guest like a Conan O'Brien needs a friend would probably be a first-rate podcast okay high production value and all that kind of stuff you don't have um, to qualify with probably. Okay. It is a high quality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like a second rate podcast, I would think would maybe be one that was still a really good podcast, but maybe not as well-known people, maybe didn't have guests or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, what rate where would we fall into? That's, I guess, what I'm getting around to. Um, so what's, like, what's the scale here? How, how deep yeah, we going? I, I would say that, um, you know, to translate this, so... Like the Conan O'Brien needs a friend. I mean, obviously, that's a major league podcast, right? Yeah, you know. And then the next one you mentioned is like you know Triple A ball, um, and then I think we are, I don't know, um, Pee Wee T ball. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're going like, let's say Conan O'Brien needs a friend is first rate. Uh-huh. Second, I don't know. I don't really know who else I'd put into second rate, but we'll say uh, Adam Kroller or something like sure. that. Sure. Although I think he has a lot of big celebrities and probably has big sponsors. I'll go with maybe there's a show Jackie and Lori show I listen to to okay. female comedians and it it's a good show. How about but they that Joe Rogan fella? Is it? Well, yeah, I think they just paid him like a hundred million dollars to go to Spotify. Um, Ridiculousness. Yeah, I'm glad I don't invest in that company, but um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I would have to think. So if we're going Pee Wee, so we'd go like, so first rate would be the major, second rate would be triple A, third mm-hmm. rate collegiate maybe, double A, okay, and then single A. And oh, then collegiate, all right. and then high school, and then little league, <laughs> okay. and, and then, then t-ball. So we're ninth-rate podcast. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I <laughs> think that's a, a reasonable assessment. Do you think we're no cut peewee t-ball <laughs> where they go through the rotation each inning? <laughs> Everybody gets a chance to bat. <laughs> exactly. No feeling necessary. Exactly. No mercy rule, or is a it's no just, no mercy rule. Just you know, everybody gets a bat each inning, and then it yep, ends after three six. innings. Oh, yep, three. we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think that over the course of the next you know six seasons uh, that we will? get up to even grade school level no uh, i don't think so oh you think, I think we're pretty much slotted in where we we're do at? our final episode i'm gonna have my orange slices and go home <laughs> <laughs> and we'll all get a trophy for participation exactly. <laughs> now that you said that i truly want to make trophies for us all <laughs> well you've got three years to get it done so i think y'all have plenty of time. i'm hoping i remember yeah it's, yeah i'll get on that now yeah you we'll know, it takes me a while sometimes now what if we because at this point 
you know, t- episode 24 has debuted um, in the real world, uh, whereas for us, we're, we're several weeks ahead. Still no comment um, on mm-hmm. Facebook, yeah. uh, or not Facebook, but... Um, the socials. Yeah, iTunes. Uh, no comments, and only uh, three five-star ratings, one of which is definitely mine mm-hmm. um, on <laughs> iTunes at this point. So do you think that if we were to start getting comments regularly that you would then uh, consider bumping us up? Or do you think that just the talent at the table never is going to justify more than ninth rate? It's probably me. Yeah. I'm oh, probably okay. no, It has nothing to do with <laughs> you at all. You at all. No. Um, no, I think we've all contributed to our mediocrity. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're just a low-rent podcast, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a fair assessment. It's, yeah. it's a fair and honest assessment. Yeah. <laughs> so. Exactly. <laughs> So now here we are, I don't know, 10 minutes or so in, and I, I guess I'll go ahead and, and once again turn it over to Ski for the recap. So Burning daylight in the golden hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's all full of interesting facts, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So as I said, Sophia and Rose are in the kitchen. Uh, Sophia is actually kind of totally enough an estimate of how much they could uh, make if they decide to partner up and sell sandwiches to a crew at a local construction site. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose isn't completely convinced that she wants to get involved in this, uh, but Sophia's being a bit pushy and tries to get her on board with the idea, mm-hmm. you know, almost immediately. Say, hey, you know, so you in or what? Dorothy enters uh, at this quick. point. Like, I like the fact that, you know, like Dorothy said, her Rose says, you know, I am interested in making a little extra money. <laughs> and it's like, well, that explains why you were slaughtering minks in your garage two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, they, they are definitely in an overall sense very entrepreneurial in that house. Um, <laughs> they really are. So we've had that, the minks, we've had uh, the garage sale, and of course, mm-hmm. you know, so far I don't think any of their efforts have really worked out. No. Not a uh, one, no. Surely there's some others in there, though, that we're not thinking about that. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like, though, just to save themselves money, they should open, like run a taxi service. Mm-hmm. Blanche has been engaged at least once or twice. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's talking. Two, talking two rich people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe between now and season seven, they'll finally break a big. Maybe. <laughs> they buy a hotel. Yeah. So obviously something. Yeah. Their ship comes in. You know, the one time that they all made money consistently was for that uh, charity event. Mm. So yep. maybe if they uh, sell themselves as a nonprofit, they mm. can start making an actual profit. Yeah, well, I mean, it's either that and competitions, too. I mean, you know, perhaps they could go on the pro bowling circuit there or, you, um, you know, the... It'd yeah. be entertainers doing their dance numbers and whatnot. So Possibly. Plenty of opportunities to earn a little extra money for Rose. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so at this point, Dorothy enters wearing a very, what I would call a very 80s ensemble mm-hmm. with uh, shoulder pads. I put shoulder pads fit for a linebacker. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't usually put little notations, but she walked out and I was just like, Man, that's prominent. <laughs> I can hear the zing. In my but uh, so she asks you know, the girls how she looks. Sophia tells her the outfit's good, but she should go put on some makeup. Of course, she is already wearing makeup. So Sophia tells her, "Eat by candlelight." Mm-hmm. That's a, a very lovely thing to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose does tell her that she looks lovely, and uh, we find out that Dorothy is going on a date with a, a fellow named Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. No relation. Right. <laughs> uh, the Commodore from the Navy, not mm-hmm. the R&B group, she specifies. Yeah, well, she says uh, that 
I think that, that he was, you know, two away from the middle and then moved to one from the middle once Lionel Richie retired. <laughs> so it would have had to have been one of three Commodores because there was only three that were there when Lionel Richie was there and also after he uh, left the group. So I'm guessing it was uh, Mylon Williams. Well, he his was, name's Jeffrey, so... Well, that's true, that's but stage, uh, stage name? name, yeah, yeah definitely. Gotcha. Um, it has to be either Mylon Williams, Thomas McClary, or Ronald LaPreed. Um those last two are the lead guitar and bass guitar, mm-hmm. whereas the other one did keyboards and rhythm guitar. So I'm thinking yeah. he started at keyboards all the way to one side, then moved to rhythm guitar mm-hmm. once Lionel Richie, you know. What are their names again? Uh, Mylon Williams, uh, Thomas McClary, I believe, and uh, Ronald LaPreed. Do you recognize any of those? You're far more into music than I am. No, no, no. But I was just wondering if they ever decided to go like Williams, McClary, and LaPreed, like a uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash type thing. <laughs> well, the, the the Commodores are still performing under, mm-hmm. you know, with some grouping of uh, individuals. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know if those three ever busted out on their own. I, I can't imagine any of those three are still with the Commodores. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Does Lionel Richie still perform? Um, yeah. He's still alive. He probably still performs, yeah. yeah. Um, he does. I want to say he made like a, a re-release album not too long ago. Yeah, I think he does country now. Oh, really? really? I think so, yeah. Hmm. I, I will say the, the Commodores have one of the oddest songs that I've never understood. And I'm not like a huge Commodores fan. They're a little before our time mm-hmm. in general. But uh, uh, the Three Times a Lady is a Commodore song. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, it's the... Make I, I just have no idea what three times lady is. I mean, I know there's that's no lady, uh, <laughs> yeah. but apparently there's also three times a lady. Yeah. <laughs> so, maybe, and I looked yeah, at the lyrics of the song; it doesn't explain it at yeah. all. So, I was just I'm, I'm guessing up. maybe she's just really large. It could be, <laughs> <laughs> and he loves her. So you know what? Good for him. Um, it's a person for everyone, right? That's right. Awesome. That's right. So yeah, she's uh, she's wearing her uh, shoulder pads. She looks lovely. <laughs> she's dating this guy named Jeffrey. We mm-hmm. find out that apparently she's been spending quite a bit of time with this Jeffrey, and uh, and she's quite a bit taken with him actually. Uh, just then, Blanche opens the door and tells Dorothy that she has a visitor. Uh, I think she has something snappy saying, uh, "It's your husband." She says, "I don't have a husband." Call the cops. She says, and, he, and then Stan comes in behind her and says, "Your ex-husband," and she says. Fine, I'll call the cops. <laughs> you know, for someone who, as far as we know, was still living on the other side of the country on an island up until this point, because, you know, he got back with Chrissy, I think is her name, or Christine, whatever his mm-hmm. wife's name was, uh, at the end of the last Stan appearance. Um, or at least we were led to believe they right. did. Right. She seems not at all surprised that this man has shown up <laughs> at her door again. It seems like you would at least have some sense of, you know, like, oh, what are you doing 5,000 miles away from your home? Um, but Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any surprise, really. No. <laughs> Apparently, Stan comes to knocking in between episodes also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, she assumes that the date is her, the, the, the visitor is her date. But uh, as I said, uh, it turns out to be Stan. Blanche asks, you know, you know, next time give me some warning when you're expecting company over. And kind of rolls in a few jabs at Stan. While he's standing in the kitchen there. I'm sorry, real quick. So, the three times the lady, okay, was the first number one hit Lionel Richie wrote, um, far from his last. And he wrote songs that were number one U.S. hits in each of the next seven years, okay? Giving him the record 
for most consecutive number ones by a songwriter who is never a Beatle. <laughs> Which is just An like the most asterisk sure. type yeah. stat you could give somebody. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's a pretty impressive feat, um, even even with the asterisks yeah, on there, yeah. just because you figure most of those Beatles songs, they gave themselves like co- yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, writing credit on that. Yeah, yeah so... Um, but yeah, that's a really odd thing to like. You're number one, well, number five, but exactly. <laughs> but that's the kind of nonsense I say all the time at work. It's like, oh well, he's my favorite beetle, not named George. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted and I no. derailed you. No, no, that's that a, was a good a, interruption. I liked it. So, oh, but real quick, yeah. I don't know what three times the lady is. For one brief moment, I thought it was because. Like he was singing about a broad who was like um, a wife and a mother and a daughter, mm. um, but it turns out that's not what it was. But I may just go with that as my own personal interpretation. Yeah, I don't know though, because I mean the the song is about how he loves you know this person, and it would be weird to reference how someone is also a daughter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not if you're antagonistic towards your father-in-law, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> Um, Excuse me. So, I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> so um, Stan asks if uh, he can talk to Dorothy for a moment, and uh, she agrees, but just for a moment. Uh, before leaving the room, Sophia asked if uh, Stan brought his young wife with him, and then Dorothy reminds her mother that they had gotten a divorce, which kind of changes the story yeah. from last time, right? Yeah, I think Sophia specifically asked if um, he brought her, if uh, he made her stay home to clean out her toy box. Yes. Yeah, which I thought was a decent little zing. Well, she has a good follow-up, too. She says Sophia tells her that they that she thought she said they bought a horse, <laughs> not got <laughs> a divorce. She uh, says, yeah, I'm old. you got to enunciate. <laughs> right. Uh, Dorothy then, you know, they enter the room, or the living room together. Dorothy immediately asks him what's the matter. So, you know, whether or not she had, you know, reacted to his presence there she clearly knew something was up right uh, and Stan kind of crumbles immediately telling her that he lost his business uh, while she sympathizes with his you know upset state uh, you know she discusses that uh, she's got she or she asks rather if they can talk about it later because she has plans that evening uh, he kind of begs her to cancel the plans and spend the night with him um, and she's not really willing to do that <laughs> So he says he's not sure what he might do. And then she quickly explains how he normally deals with upset news. Uh, she kind of, I'll just paraphrase, watches an old Barnaby Jones, eats a half gallon of rum raisin, which I have never t- tasted rum raisin. No, neither have, you have I. Have you ever had I, that? I've never watched Barnaby Jones either. So. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Uh, throws up and then uh, wakes up in that. his kimono. <laughs> <laughs> and what would happen in your kimono as well, right? <laughs> So I, I saw that line and I was like, ah, oh, it's a throwback to uh, Coco. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's funny the two of the most prominent male uh, <laughs> members of this uh, you know, extended cast uh, wear kimonos. Yeah. yeah. I will say that, um, I don't know, I guess it's just a different time or whatever, but uh, he's still paying alimony. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's funny that he's upset about losing the business, but uh, definitely still going to have the money to keep the alimony checks coming. Yeah. It also kind of makes you wonder, you know, you're living in a house with four people. Um, mm-hmm. So, assumingly, you're splitting your expenses four ways. Yeah. And then you're also working, you know, because she is, you yeah, know, yeah. still working for the school. And then receiving alimony payments. Mm-hmm. And yet there are times when 
you know, like the whole thing with the TV when they needed mm-hmm. to chip in like exactly. 50 bucks each or something, it ends up being, I don't know, maybe Dorothy is extremely responsible with her money or maybe she's a hardcore gambler and we just haven't found that out yet. We know she's not spending it on loin of pork. <laughs> well, I can't blame her because of the rates they charge at that, that market. That is true. <laughs> it went back to the market. Yeah. I was really hoping I'd see some cantaloupes, but they didn't have that part of the set. Yeah. I, I, was, I was glad to see that they got to use the grocery store setting again. Yeah. So. Yeah. I doubt that it was probably the exact same set just because this was a whole season later, but... It looked pretty darn close. Yeah, it may have been. I mean, I guess that was near the end of last season, so they may have just yeah. held it open. I think open. They, they were missing the bulletin board. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's of... just randomly in the middle of the island. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a good place for a you know bulletin. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's where the community comes yeah. to find out their news. <laughs> yeah, they also didn't have any orphans looking for cats either. <laughs> <laughs> they got some, uh, some apples on sale. Oh, look at this. Place to live. Right. Yeah, uh, and I'm sorry. Twice in the last three days, I've heard people refer to apple season, and they were not referring to like going to the orchard or whatever. They were talking about like new apple products coming uh. out in like <laughs> September or October. But like both times, I got really excited. I was like, "We are getting an apple season this year." But then, well, yeah, that, I mean, the apple season kind of falls around the same time yeah, for yeah. both, right? <laughs> yeah. It's usually in the fall that. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody starts coming out with... Now, it used to be apples were all the rage in the fall. Now, fucking pumpkin is, mm. you know, pumpkin spice, which I like pumpkin spice fine, but I just... Yeah. It bothered... Because apple's probably my favorite flavor of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fruit flavor type things. So, yeah. about that? And I like so, it quite a bit, too. I so, think yeah. mine's blue raspberry. Blue raspberry. <laughs> yeah, nature's. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll not tolerate abominations. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently, um, <laughs> we haven't even made it to the store yet, and yet now we've completely veered off. <laughs> I think the store is still like two acts away. Yeah. I like the so, yeah. record that I'm really fond of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be chuckling about blue raspberry for the rest of the episode, oh, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> we got a contender for MVP. <laughs> 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 I love his laugh. There is no one Brent laughs at harder than himself. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's his best audience, and he's a pretty funny guy. So he makes a lot of people laugh, but uh, but he definitely. Well, Brent doesn't even laugh that hard at his best jokes. It's the, just the ones that hit him right, you know, his own jokes. It tickles him just, just yeah. so. Exactly. It's like, where do I come up with it? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat guilty. Now, I'm not as good of a laugher as either of you two are. Um, but the only, there's been twice when I've almost passed out from laughing, and both were at my own jokes. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so sorry. Go go on back to. Uh, <laughs> where, has she even left the house yet? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. No. So Stan continues to plead with her that he needs to, uh, you know, he needs the company for the evening, and uh, she asks him to hold on for just a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes back to the uh, kitchen and asks the girls uh, if someone would be willing to uh, hang out with Stan for the evening. Uh, she admits that she feels uh, bad for his loss, but not at the expense of uh, missing out on her date. Right. Blanche seems almost insulted that she would even ask her. Uh, to cancel her date plans, to which Sophia promptly says, you don't have a date. <laughs> uh, and I think she says in response, 
Well, no one knew that. Well, people might have known it since she appeared to still be in her nightgown. Yeah, so. no one's dressed except for Dorothy at this point. Right. Uh, she then asks you know, Rose, who uh, then tells Dorothy that you know she's no good with hearing people's problems. Dorothy follows up with, but Rose, you're a grief counselor. It's your job. And then Rose kind of counters with, you know, but I had the highest suicide rate in the office. Yeah, that was, that was a great line. It, and it, it was, I was sure when I heard that line, I was like, that's going to be my best. It didn't end up actually uh, end up as my favorite line, but it was a really solid one. Yeah, I think it was my favorite line of the episode. And I also just love how quickly the audience laughed at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she got really dark really quick in the studio audience. <laughs> they loved with it. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, suicide. <laughs> exactly. Hilarious. See, this thing is a really callous audience. That <laughs> what will she think of next? <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to go further from that one. That's <laughs> I had something in my head, but I'm not going to pawn it off on the audience. Oh, okay. Well, I think you took it to its proper extent. There you go. Yeah, but anyway, she says she's got the highest suicide rate. Ultimately, Rose confesses that you know she just really doesn't want to go out with Stan. Right. Uh, Dorothy then goes back to Blanche, and she makes several offers, finally telling her that she'll introduce her to Jeffrey's uh, naval officer friends, many of whom have been at sea for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems to then seal the deal. Yeah. So Blanche kind of goes out in the living room, kind of pats Stan on the shoulder and says she'll be right out. <laughs> yeah. It seems almost like her standard greeting, like when she sees a gentleman or whatever. She's right. like, I'll be right <laughs> with you, big boy. Yeah. <laughs> she goes back to change clothes or something. Yeah, she's uh, she's consistent. Yeah. Uh, so we change scene uh, later on, uh, but back in the kitchen, Sophia is making sandwiches with Rose. However, they are out of tomatoes. Good. So they're making bacon, lettuce, and potato sandwiches, <laughs> now, which is one of my favorite things that they've come up with. Actually. Yeah, that was funny. Um, now, number one, I totally disagree. Tomatoes are uh, an integral part of a BLT, and especially if you're replacing it with a potato, I'm assuming a raw potato, then it definitely is not good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, that would just, that sounds horrible. To yeah. Me. I don't think so. I like potato products. Don't forget, the sandwiches are going to be warm by the time they're consumed. Oh, okay. So it's probably going to have like the crisp of a potato chip. And people put <laughs> potato chips on sandwiches all the time. Yeah, those are going to be some really thin sliced <laughs> pieces of potato to crisp up between. <laughs> 5.30 a.m. and yeah. you know, noon. But. Well, and then also crisping of, of potatoes doesn't that usually require deep frying? Yeah, some sort of other process. I don't think any of that has... Uh... Well, I assume the mayonnaise would <laughs> <laughs> act as your frying agent. Exactly. <laughs> Delicious. Just the idea of eating a sandwich with boiling mayonnaise on it. <laughs> yeah, that, that I actually think makes that may potato. be my candidate for uh, yeah. MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Hot mayonnaise potato sandwich. <laughs> it's potato salad on a sandwich. Right, with a little bacon mixed in. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, Sophia then explains that you, you just have to say it fast so nobody catches on. Bacon, lettuce, and potato. Yep. You know. Uh, Dorothy enters the kitchen, uh, getting home from after her date, and asks why they're up so late still. Uh, Rose explains that they are, in fact, going into business and preparing uh, stuff for the next day. Uh, she compared... Uh, that to when she was a cute kid and had a Belgian waffle stand, mm-hmm. uh, which were actually just English muffins that she tailored to look like waffles. Mm-hmm. But since she says she was cute, she'd get away with that. Yeah, I think most kids would probably, I mean, not right now, of course. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would say that, you know, in non-pandemic times, 
most little kids, even if they weren't the cutest, they'd have to be a pretty ugly little bastard um, in order for someone to not be willing to purchase their wares if they passed them on the street. So, and then Sophia also tells her that she'll get cute again when she's 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Dorothy's date was so wonderful, it almost made up for the guilt she felt from asking Blanche to hang out with Stan. Uh, just then, Blanche gets home after her and tells her that uh, um, Dorothy, what a bizarre evening she'd had. Uh, Dorothy then guesses almost every aspect of the evening correctly. Impressed by this, Rose says, oh, try me now. <laughs> and uh, she explains that she is not, in fact, uh, um, psychic. Psychic, yeah. <laughs> But that she just knows Stan's habits so well. Yeah. Blanche admits that she's actually had a you know, bit fun because there was no real expectation of the date. Or hanging out, I guess you would call it. Uh, from either one of them. And that they're actually getting together the, ni- the next night as well. Uh, Blanche then realizes that uh, um, since they're in... Oh, sorry. Should have asked Dorothy the, before making the plans, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't want him to feel awkward or uh, upset or anything. Dorothy, however, insists that there's no big deal and there's no reason to cancel. Yeah. Uh, she talks then about how uh, stellar evening she had again and how handsome Jeffrey looks in his uniform. And in the background, we hear Rose kind of lamenting to herself that uh, both of her best friends just ha- went out and had a good time and that she was at home making bacon, lettuce, and potato sandwiches. Right. Now, to be fair, though, she had the option to go out with Stan. Yeah, yeah, she, she can't really down. be mad. Um, and she went on board with... Uh, Sophia with the sandwich thing. So yeah, really, she's, she's got only herself to blame. Yep, exactly. <laughs> now, she one thing, probably bought some tomatoes, though. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how it was brought up. Uh, maybe it was about her having a bizarre evening or something like that. But it was someone asked her, asked Blanche, that is, you know, if it was uh, something comparable to the uh, Highlight team from Nicaragua. Oh, yes. Which yes. I thought that's the second time now that Highlight has been mentioned on the show. <laughs> uh, cause, oh, yeah. Because we went through a whole thing of trying to figure out what Highlight even was yeah. um, exactly last time. I always time. thought I was in JLA. <laughs> right. So we've had three cheesecakes um, <laughs> on the show so far, but two Highlights. They're catching up <laughs> to being almost more prevalent than the cheesecakes. It's going to be so. a one-to-one ratio before the season's over. Yeah, we may have to stop giving slices of cheesecake and give whatever the scoring metric is in Highlight <laughs> instead. But. <laughs> So. Something to consider, Alan. Yeah, exactly. Something to consider. Oh, and I did think it was funny when Dorothy, which, you know, obviously this was kind of the first time you could tell that it really was bothering her that mm-hmm. Blanche was with Stan, that uh, he left her for a woman half Blanche's age. Yes. I thought that was She a, did uh, put that jab yeah. in there. I, did, I think that was probably my second favorite line. And Blanche had kind of that, like, almost perturbed look on her face, like, thanks for mentioning. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So after, uh, after uh, Rose's little pity party for herself, uh, we cut scenes again. Uh, Sophia and Rose are now creeping out of the house in the wee early hours in the morning. Rose asks about getting some dry ice or some, some kind of method mm-hmm. for keeping the sandwiches cold for lunch. Sophia kind of scoffs that idea, saying that they should be charging more for a hot lunch because <laughs> they're just going to let it you know, warm up with the boiling mayonnaise, of right. course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy catches them sneaking out and asks why they are leaving so early. Rose explains that they had to leave extra early to get a, a good spot and beat Johnny No Thumbs. She tells her that he is actually missing several f- fingers on both hands, uh, but it's very remarkable to see uh, him make some sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I forget what she said, something about uh, making a some kind of hero sandwich. I forget what. But uh, Dorothy understandably worries that with a kind of nickname of Johnny No Thumbs, that he, maybe he's involved in the mob or some kind of organized crime. So, you know... Dorothy, understandably, is worried that with a kind of name like Johnny No, or 
nickname of Johnny No Thumbs, and maybe he's involved with the mob. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. It's not his Christian name. <laughs> right, right. Not born with that. We're, we're assuming. Actually, I don't think that was ever really specified. Oh, yeah. Could, I could guess. be Johnny No Thumbs. So you yeah. think it was just ironic that he had no thumbs? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or maybe, maybe his parents named him that and then made the appropriate changes <laughs> to, to match the name. Or maybe he was born that way. and uh, It's just a deformity, and, and, mm-hmm. and they're cruel. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they ch- well, maybe they changed the family's last well, name. I, I would say no more cruel than if they took his thumbs. Well, yeah, probably less cruel. <laughs> I would say they would have some justification to change the family's last name to no thumbs. Um, they'd be like, oh, you know, we'll do this. We'll all be in this together. But, yeah, the taking the thumbs would certainly be more cruel. <laughs> Yeah, but if you take it young enough, the child never remembers. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they circumcise it two days. <laughs> they claim they won't remember. Do you still have a... Have Flashbacks. A... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Vivid. Oh, yeah. From that set two days old, Brent? Mm-hmm. It hurts so bad I didn't walk for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my favorite line now. <laughs> yeah, Brent's really knocking him out of the park today. He is. That's, I like that one a lot. That's very clever. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, so Rose tells, tells Dorothy that, you know, he's actually a very sweet man, but the first time he waved at him, Sophia misunderstood and gave him the finger back. <laughs> I think that was my third favorite line. That actually is, Mark, is my favorite line of nice. the show. So aside from, you know, Brent Zinger's, that's, that's mine. So mm-hmm. mark it down, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Best scripted line. <laughs> so Rose suggests that uh, Dorothy try to get some more sleep, uh, but then she replies to him that she actually hasn't been able to sleep and she's too upset. Uh, turns out Jeffrey is leaving. Rose immediately launches into a, uh, a little story about her initial concern you know, with dating a sailor, is uh, you know that they kind of <clears throat> fly in, or sail into town and then uh, end up leaving with uh, how she says it is. Are they coming to town and then leave with a serpent tattoo in your heart as souvenirs? Yeah, I thought um, that that whole line, to me personally, I, I felt like it was the finest line that's ever been spoken on television. Uh, <laughs> that, that was the one. I definitely would have given the, you know, to the suicide line initially, but then I heard that one and I just... Sold, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it was it was no the way comment. she delivered it too. Um, which just she seemed like a woman scorned um, <laughs> by sailors, right? Exactly. Maybe more than one. Yeah. With her Viking heritage, though, you think she'd think it was like a badge of honor, well, right? Yeah, I, think... I mean, some raping and pillaging and whatnot. Exactly. She even throws in something about like uh, teaching some lessons you learn they learned in the Orient. Yeah, I wrote. <laughs> I, I wrote down the the whole thing. Go those, for it. Those swabbies drift into port, park their ditties on your doorstep. Show you some tricks they learned in the Orient. <laughs> then it's a vasty hearties, and they ship off with a uh, serpent tattoo and your heart as souvenirs. That uh, is pretty awesome. Yeah. I, and, and again, this is the second time Diddy Bag has come up. And, uh, <laughs> because I know that we, we also went over. Right up there with Highline. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So apparently there's some writers that have, you know, a couple lanes that they really enjoy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I like the fact that it's in landlocked Minnesota. Right. <laughs> I mean, I know they got a thousand lakes, yeah. but none of those are connected to the ocean as far as I know. Well, perhaps, you know, maybe they just have been tricked, and that's why uh, exactly. Rose is so bitter to begin with. Um, yeah. Well, she does expand on this, uh, saying that, you know, her ancestors were Vikings. Yeah. And, you know, sailors themselves. Uh, and uh, apparently, you know, 
Jeffrey is being transferred to the Aleutian Islands and he won't have contact mm -hmm. with the outside world for at least a year. Vis-a-vis, uh, -vis, he dumped her. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. Sophia keeps saying. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah. So uh, Rose, you know, then offers her condolences and uh, just then Blanche enters the house asking what they're all doing up so early. And she heads straight for their, her room, but uh, admits that she's been out to stand all night and that uh, she'll tell them all about in the morning. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, it is the morning, as uh, Dorothy points out, and Blanche just kind of smiles and agrees and says, well, yes, it is. <laughs> or I guess it is, something like that. All right. Uh, we change scenes now. Uh, Dorothy and Blanche are now at the grocery store, and Blanche is trying to get Dorothy to talk to her as she's clearly unhappy with her, uh, mm -hmm. giving her kind of silent treatment, just telling her what's on the list, not mm -hmm. chit-chatting. Yeah. Dorothy finally accuses Blanche of sleeping with Stan and lets her know what she's upset about. Uh, Blanche tells her that she hasn't, but is confused as to why it even matters that they aren't married anymore. Uh, Dorothy admits that she's just upset by the situation and isn't really sure why she's upset, mm -hmm. which makes her more upset. All right. Yeah. Uh, they then kind of have a short little hug and make up. But uh, then Blanche uh, mentions after that, that that she's going out with Stan again uh, that night again to a Burt Reynolds dinner theater. Mm -hmm. Second Burt Reynolds. Right, yeah. She says that she's not going to miss the, uh, I think it was like the... Jamie Farr was going to be in... Yeah, it was like Jamie Farr and the Kane Mutiny Court Martial. Yeah. And she didn't want to miss that at the well, Burt Reynolds Would you, theater. Alan? Would you miss that? No, definitely not. But Would you go a stand for that? I think so. But I, I looked into it. So the Burt Reynolds Theater is a real thing in yeah. Florida that um, operated from, uh, under that name at least, from 1979 to 1996. Mm -hmm. But it was actually in Jupiter, Florida... So they would have had an hour and a half drive to get to this Jamie Farr production. Wow. Uh, but it said, I, I saw some that it, there were more celebrity performers than any other arts vil, uh, venue in Palm Beach County during the time that uh, it was the Burt Reynolds Theater. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty successful. I want to say we've actually talked about the Burt Reynolds Theater before. We might have. Um, I, and obviously, I haven't done, you know, I haven't dug through our archives or anything. But I, when I read this, I was like, man. That sounds starkly familiar. Yeah, mm -hmm. apparently, again, just revisiting a lot of High old... Lie, mm -hmm. Bag. Burt yeah. Reynolds Theater, yeah. <laughs> it, it's now called the Malt Jupiter Theater. Um, so, apparently it's... Call back uh, to the place it stays, right? Where yes, the, exactly. The but it is still operating. Yes. And so is Jamie Farr. Yeah. Is he alive still? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yep, he did a couple episodes of Cool Kids. Very nice. Last season. I never cared for him on MASH, but I never cared for MASH. So yeah. I don't think I cared for any part of MASH, honestly. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, at the time, you know, I think I was pretty young. so Not even uh, the great Alan Alda? Well, I, I, I do like Alan Alda a yeah. lot. And um, and I've seen Jamie Farr in other things. And he I spells like his name different, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does the wrong way. Um, wrong way. One of the many wrong ways. But, uh, yeah, I just think the humor and whatnot was over my head, and the drama part was, you know, yeah. I was definitely too young for, so. Yeah. Or, you know, too young to want to watch anything like that. Yeah. So. You know who I'm a big fan of? And Who's that? He was not in, you know, MASH the TV show, but he was in MASH the movie. Oh, okay. Um, Elliot Gould. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a big, big fan of Elliot Gould, especially like Elliot Gould, like in the 70s or early 80s. If he pops up in something, I'm like, ooh, I'm interested now. Yeah, I mean, my main frame of reference for Elliot Gould is, of course, as Ross's father. Mm -hmm. Um and I know he was in the Oceans yeah. 11, 12, whatever. All, I don't know if he was in all three, but mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm a fan. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't put myself in the same category that you are. But yeah. uh, but I enjoyed him and the things I've seen him in. Yeah, I was watching. Um, he was in the Long Goodbye where he played um, uh, Philip Marlowe. Mm -hmm. So it was really good. I watched that like two, three weeks back. So 
Well, I'm glad that he he was bringing the goods. Yeah, he was. He was. So. I had uh, I had heard his name Elliot Gould, but I was trying to picture in my head who it was. Mm-hmm. And just in the conversation you guys had, <laughs> I know exactly who it is yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the story. Uh, immediately after hearing that she's still going out with the stand the next day, she immediately reverts back to being mad and kind of chases after uh, her around a, I won't call it an aisle, really like an island maybe yeah. in the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, they then literally bump into Sophia and Rose, who are also shopping uh, for more lunch-making supplies. <laughs> uh, Blanche is surprised that uh, they're still planning to sell sandwiches after Mr. Johnny No Thumbs <clears throat> leaned on them. Rose corrects her, saying that, oh, no, he didn't lean on us. He told us that he has friends that would lean on us. <laughs> uh, Sophia defiantly states that she has friends, too. Uh, one called a Palermo. Dorothy says, "Only one. The, the only one person you know in Palermo is Uncle Vito, and he's harmless. Sophia, however, disagrees about that harmlessness, mm-hmm. uh, saying something about uh, give him some piano wire mm-hmm. and uh, make fun of something. I forget His limp or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And Sophia then uh, Sophia and Rose kind of head off their own way, and uh, Dorothy and Blanche now jump right back into their little argument. And Dorothy again accuses Blanche of uh, sleeping with Stan. Isn't there a Simpsons line where he's like, "Lay off the Italians, Lou"? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Chief Wimby <laughs> or Chief Wiggums. Wiggins. Sorry. I think you're right now, and no, I think you're right though. Lay off the Italians, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that line. Do you like Chief Wiggum or or uh, Ralph more? Oh, definitely Ralph. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, my, now my favorite uh, Chief Wiggum moment of all time <laughs> was when he was giving the kids a uh, a tour of the of the police station, uh-huh. and he has like it set up uh, where I can't remember the full line, but there is a uh, two I think like potheads from California and, and <laughs> enjoying a California cheeseburger because they have a case of the munchies and it's a baby inside of like a hoagie roll. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so whenever I think of a California cheeseburger, that's what I think of. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, Alan is a huge uh, Simpsons collector. We've been fans of it for, you know, probably as long as it's been on TV. Yeah, ever but... since the Ol- Tracy Ullman days. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so Ralph has definitely got to be one of the best. Yeah, the show. Uh, they're on season what now? I think thirty-one. Okay, so. so your love of that predates your love of ski. Oh yeah, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> uh, but at least my like of it yeah. uh, predates. But my love for ski is now stronger even than my love of The Simpsons and uh, I have a whole basement full I of Simpsons very... stuff. If ski had more merchandise, I'd have a whole basement full of ski stuff. But <laughs> it would be a disappointing basement. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you never know. Once this uh, podcast makes oh, yeah. its way up from ninth rate to eighth rate, then... <laughs> ski, ski the action figure? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the pinball game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> pinball game. The waffle maker? Uh, that, oh, yeah, yeah. Where like, I make a waffle and it has Ski's face on I'll, it. I'll know we've made it, Brent, when mm-hmm. you and I have like a... Uh, like a alarm clock where it's just like we give each other a high five across the table. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck you for not even having me as part of that alarm clock. Well, like in my one, face that you smacked to turn off the uh, You're the one the making snooze. the noise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely Sorry, makes listeners. me feel more complimented. <laughs> you can adjust the decibels on that, can't you? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just... Uh, Erase that little amp part out, and people can just hear Ski saying that I'm the one making the noise. 
<laughs> however it ends up. Yeah. You know, just know that you're you're a critical part of the alarm clock. Yeah. Well, it is my house. <laughs> so. When you bring the noise, I'll bring the funk, and <laughs> it'll all be good. So yeah, she's talking about her uncle Vito, who uh, is maybe not so uh, so harmless. Uh, Sophia, you know, oh, so they go back to uh, Blanche being uh, uh, accused of sleeping with Stan, mm-hmm. and then uh, she's she's saying this all very loudly in the middle of the uh, store, so everybody kind of turns their head and starts mm-hmm. uh, looking at them, uh, but uh, she kind of shoes them away, telling them that to mind their own business. Yeah, she specifically says, uh, get on back to your lasseur peas. Um, <laughs> and I was wondering if that was a real thing because, you know, it's a very specific sounding name. So, and lasseur peas are a real product still being made. Um, is it a brand name or is it a type? It's a brand name. Okay. Um, and it, on their website, one of their you know most prominently uh, promoted products is their, um, and this is exactly what it says on there, very young, small, sweet peas. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, apparently, you know, there's some people who are like, I like a young, small, sweet pea. Um, but, so man, like if this the, was a little the younger. The of peas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if you're someone who doesn't like cruelty towards peas, <laughs> then you better not get uh, the sewer brand because. Or to be more blue, the Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> <laughs> right. choice of peas. <laughs> oh, that's a hot button. Jeffrey Epstein has a lot of supporters around this table. Brent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Real quick. So I think my three favorite reviews of Lesser Peas are um, the sweetest pea. Um, Love the taste of these. Small peas taste so good. (laughs) Have been looking for a replacement for the ones I ate as a child. And these are the ones. Takes me back. Um, And then my second most favorite is... uh, Love these tiny peas. Good, sweet, <laughs> consistent flavor. Wife makes a great pea salad, and these are always just right. You guys spend a lot of time online to feel it necessary to make a pea comment, I think. Yeah, I mean, I can't. There's we, have bear- to, I mean, we have to really, it has to really strike a chord with you, doesn't it? Yeah, see, we need one of these assholes to be listening to uh, the <laughs> podcast because they'll go out of their way to make a comment on peas. Sure, and surely they'd go out of their way to make a comment, good or bad, about the show. <laughs> Unfortunately, our listeners are not as... Uh, They're just like, nah, I'm yeah. good, thanks. Right. And I think of all the products we've mentioned, though, we're more likely to get like... Le- Purser peas, sending us a case of <laughs> like, peas. Oh, okay, so they're peas. Thanks just, for the product mention. I thought you were going to say like a cease and desist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's also a possibility. Right. We don't like you associating our produce with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. That's it, true. Yeah, it definitely took a, a turn. Uh, but you, know, you, you read their positive negative. reviews, so I think that you made up for. Uh, I did, but I focus on the young, sweet aspects. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the customers uh, concentrate on. So. I mean, it's right and on Jeffrey the can. <laughs> so, yeah. But. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're talking loudly, and, uh, you know, Blanks kind of tells everybody to mind their own business. She again insists that uh, there's nothing going on between her and Stan and that uh, she shouldn't have to even be explaining any of this to, to Dorothy or anybody. Uh, we have a scene change now. Sophia and Rose are uh, now at the kitchen uh, table uh, reviewing some receipts. Mm-hmm. Sophia is clutching uh, a slew of IOUs that uh, apparently Rose took while they're selling uh, their sandwiches. <laughs> and Rose explains that the men only had $100 bills <laughs> at the uh, construction site. Sophia says that she's going to give her a quick uh, economics lesson. 
And uh, number one being quit being an idiot. Right. I forget what number two was, but number three was also quit being an idiot. Number two was a, a lesson on supply and demand. Oh, that was Before a good one, Before you actually. supply the sandwich, demand the money. Yeah, that was actually pretty nice. Written and then down. back to quit being an idiot or whatever <laughs> it was. Uh, Dorothy then enters the kitchen at, thinking that she'd heard Blanche in there. Uh, she leaves the room asking him to tell him when, or tell her when Blanche does get in. Uh, Rose asks Sophia, you know, after she leaves, why she thinks Dorothy is so upset with Blanche. If she thinks it's because she believes she's sleeping with Stan, or if she thinks that she lied to her. Uh, Sophia explains, you know, her, her perspective on the issue, starting in on a story about uh, heading to America on a boat with a crowded, crowded bunch of people and the hardships everybody had to endure uh, before finally arriving at the Statue of Liberty. Uh, Rose says that she thinks that the story is lovely, but asks what it has to do with, you know, Dorothy and Blanche's situation. Sophia tells her nothing. You forgot the first econ lesson, not to be an idiot. Yeah. I just stole $40 from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, during that, there was a couple other little things. Um, part One thing, another old-time uh, throwback is Sophia says that at one point she thought or had a dream that she was um, uh, Bess Truman, uh, Harry Truman's wife, um, 33rd president. Of oh, the I did States. not uh, know who that was. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was like, well, Truman, it's probably got to be, yeah. you know, related because Harry Truman's the only Truman that I know of. And sure enough, that was his wife. <laughs> and then uh, Rose makes a comment about how her cousin thought that he was Jiminy Cricket. Um, but everybody was okay with it because it was during the Pinocchio craze. Oh, yeah, the, the height of, I <laughs> yeah. think she says. <laughs> yeah. I, that was a good line. Height of the Pinocchio craze, and everyone just went along with it. Yeah, do you think that, you know, obviously animated movies weren't as common back then. I mean, it was kind of a big deal yeah. you know, to have a feature-length animated uh, show. Took a lot of effort. Do you think there was a craze around Pinocchio when that movie came out? Yeah, I think so. Um, the What is his name? Geppetto? Uh, no. Um, the dude um, who did the voice of, the actual voice of Jiminy Cricket. Um, is a famous I have no idea. ukulele player. and But he was like the best-selling recording artist for like four years straight. Oh, wow. Um, I'll have to look it up. I'm sorry. Um, but he's, I'll say the name. It wasn't Tiny like, Tim, oh, was it? It was tiptoe to the window there. Al. Pinocchio would probably predate Tiny Tim, or at least predate Tiny Tim. Oh as yeah, a it was like in the forties or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was pretty pretty far back. I would imagine almost any full length animated feature would be kind of its own craze back then. Yeah, yeah. probably. Probably so. how Disney got so big. Well, yeah. Cliff Edwards, Ukulele Ike. <laughs> now, does it say when Pinocchio came out? Uh, or is that a different page? Uh, Nineteen forty. Yep. Wow. Um, he was also in Fun and Fancy Free, and he was also uh, Dandy Jim Crow in Numbo. <laughs> so, um, Quite a few little voice credits yeah. there. He had the number one song with Singing in the Rain, 1929. Oh, wow. So. Well, pretty impressive. And what was his name again? Uh, Ukulele Ike was Cliff Edwards. Very nice. So another little piece of information that people got from this episode. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we got Rose stealing, or uh, Sophia stealing forty dollars from Rose underneath her uh, nose. There, uh, Dorothy again enters the kitchen, kind of exasperated that Blanche still hasn't arrived home. She says that uh, she's going to leave and go find out what's going on. Um, she says to the girls that she's going to either get ice cream or commit a felony. I'll decide in the car. Yeah, well, when she walks back into the kitchen, less than five minutes later, she's like, "She's still not back." 
Which, yeah, it was not a lot of time. Yeah, and she would likely be she'd be more likely to notice he was back first than they would have been anyway <laughs> because she'd be closer to the front door. <laughs> yeah, unless she, unless Blanche was like sneaking in through the back or something. Right. It seems like Dorothy walked back to her room and then came back out <laughs> and asked if uh, that they still weren't back. But I think partly also it'd be one of those situations where when you're uh, upset about something, time seems to go extra slow. Yeah, that's true. I like relativity. Yeah. So, uh, you know, she says she's going out and then she'll either commit a, or get to the ice cream or commit a felony. Uh, she exits, the doorbell then rings, and Rose goes to answer it, which, with the way everyone's dressed, like they're still in their nightgowns, right. I thought it was evening. But when they go answer the door, it looks like daytime. Because weren't they making sandwiches to take out that day? No, well, they're looking at the receipts. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought maybe it was just an odd time of day. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe they're just chilling out. I, yeah, it could be. Maybe that's just their loungy clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't notice that particular detail. So, but when yeah, she goes to the friend. door, uh, she opens it, and a pair of thuggish-looking guys uh, kind of come in, saying that you know Johnny Notham sent them. Then a, a good another Rose line is, Rose hollers back to the kitchen, Sophia, it's for you. Yeah, yeah. Vinny and Rocco were their names. Um, Vinny had was the one that had the lines. Tom uh, Lagrua. In 67 titles overall, his biggest thing is 40 episodes of uh, Caroline in the City. Nice. And 20 episodes of the famous Teddy Z. Oh, John Cryer? Uh, I don't know. But I had never heard of that show prior to seeing that he was in 20 episodes of it. Yeah, I think it was John Cryer's show. Post-Ducky, pre-two-and-a-half-men. Okay, very nice. So apparently 20 episodes, he he enjoyed that uh, set with Vinny. Nice. Uh, so we change scenes again. Uh, now we see Dorothy docking on Stan's hotel door. Uh, he's in the dark, kind of whispering, you know, he's laying down at this point uh, mm-hmm. with somebody. We don't see who it is, but uh, obviously the impl- implication is that it's Blanche. And he tells her, whoever it is, to hide under the covers. He opens the door, and uh, Dorothy comes in. He points out that, you know, hey, you're in your nightgown. And she tells him that she kind of came on an impulse. Stan assumes that that's uh, code for she came for a booty call. She says, and he says, that's nice, That's really nice gesture, babe, but I'm afraid I'll have to take a rain, a rain check. Yeah. He then continues saying that he needs to get some rest because he's got a busy day tomorrow. Uh, Dorothy tells him that she's not here to talk to him, but to whoever he has underneath the covers. Obviously, he's still thinking it's Blanche. She walks over and starts to tell, you know, who she assumes to be Blanche, that she's not sure why she would be willing to jeopardize their friendship over this, especially over Stan. And uh, how it's hurt her that, you know, they, that she wasn't honest. Just then, a young lady pops out from under the covers that we had not seen before or since, I think, right? Right. Uh, Dorothy, embarrassed by that, wasn't Blanche, storms out of the room, and, mm-hmm. and we change scenes again. Now we find her back in the kitchen. Rose is where, watering a huge bouquet of flowers, uh, sent apparently from Johnny Nothums. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, harmless Uncle Vito... Learn, uh, leaned on him, mm-hmm. sending him a uh, letter addressed to Johnny No Knees, mm-hmm. which I thought was a good line too. Uh, also, Rose and Sophia will apparently no longer be uh, in the sandwich selling business, and uh, the profits were just not where they wanted them to be. Right. Yeah. Might have something to do with the IOUs. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Dorothy uh, goes to see uh, Blanche, li- who's in the living room right now, and just apologizes for you know being jealous and not trusting her. And tells her, you know, the crazy story about going to Stan's hotel room and how she does just feel horrible about tell, uh, treating her her friend poorly and that she uh, really can't explain why she was mm-hmm. upset. 
Blanston kind of uh, gives her own take on it as uh, it's magenta. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, you know, since you're not really blue, you're not really green with envy or scared, which would be yellow. Uh, so she uh, kind of settled when she was a kid on calling it magenta, also because she hates that color. <laughs> I like the color magenta, so yeah, I guess uh, I, I would put, I would have to associate magenta with a more you know happy feeling overall. I think I associated magenta with blue because of Blue's Clues. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're a magenta dog? Yeah. Yeah, I think That's so. That's what I think of, too. Which is funny because I didn't watch that a whole lot with my kid mm-hmm. when she was young. Uh, it was on it occasionally. Say what? You just watched it solo. <laughs> solo, yes. Yeah, while she's been <laughs> an adult. <laughs> exactly. But, well, I was going to say, I don't really remember magenta from that, but I think since then I've seen, oh, there's other characters. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, but, when your daughter was young enough to watch that, I don't know if Magenta was on there yet. I that's think she probably, was a later edition. That's very possible, yeah. yeah. Could have been after after her after stint. After left. Yeah, because that was the only one I ever saw, I think. Yeah. Maybe. The, the, Steve was the first one, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think Magenta may have belonged to the second host, Joe. Oh, okay. Yeah. I might have kept the beginning of his tenure. Yeah. But that would be the extent of it. Yeah. Weren't you always pissed off at the end of that show because you hadn't figured out Blue's Clues? I was stumped every yeah. time. <laughs> Even now, I have like uh, walls full of like little strings. And <laughs> yeah, <stuff. laughs> Dad's trying to figure out all of his clues. There's so many like blue paw prints everywhere. Like, ah, one day I'm going to figure this out. My, my theory is that they're all connected somehow. Right. And there's one giant clue. Probably a conspiracy. Mm-hmm, probably. It's government. What happened to Steve? You know? <laughs> well, not just him, apparently, right? Yeah, I think multiple hosts have come up missing under hmm. the... Coincidence? You know, probably. Blue? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. My guess is that Magenta is probably his accomplice. Uh, <laughs> or clone. Yeah, it could be. Evil clone, even. Mm-hmm. Or eviler clone. Right, yeah. Back to the story. <laughs> <laughs> the last sentence of it. <laughs> So she explains that, you know, she's uh, she doesn't like magenta, and, and uh, that's how she explains it off. Then they kind of give each other another hug. Blanston kind of just looks at her in the face and so plainly asks why she ever ended up with Stan. And she tells her that, you know, she was in her magenta period, mm-hmm. and that Stan was, you know, more handsome as a younger man, mm-hmm. a bit charming, and she was four months pregnant. So then they share one more big hug and a laugh, and that's the end. Yeah. If you get married because of pregnancy and it lasts 38 years, yeah, it's a pretty successful marriage, I'd say. Um, I mean, because really, you figure you're not getting married specifically because of love. You're just getting married, especially back then, out of a sense of obligation. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you could string that out for 38 years, that's pretty good. Yeah. Most non-shotgun weddings don't last 38 years. Right, exactly, yeah. Now, it should be noted in this episode, this is the second time now um, that... Dorothy has wrongly accused Blanche of you know, <laughs> going after her. And the first one is going after her actual man. This one yeah. is just going after her ex and yeah. lying about it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that relationship would be a little strained uh, with the trust <laughs> issues that Dorothy seems to have yeah. with Blanche. To be fair, I can understand why Dorothy is a little you know, insecure about the fellas, both with Stan and the way her mom talks about her. Yeah. Yeah, she gets torn down a lot by her mom. She yeah. definitely is not a That's mom. no lady. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she definitely is a mom that would, uh, Sophia would struggle in today's climate for sure as a parent. She would. So. Yeah, I can imagine the uh, parent-teacher conference. You called your daughter what, ma'am? <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Well, it's because of her big hands, you know. <laughs> you hear her voice in class. You can tell me. 
So, but overall, I, I felt like it was a, a solid episode. Um, who uh, I think we've already discussed favorite lines. Brent's mm-hmm. mostly his own. Um, <laughs> Ski, who was your uh, MVP for this one? You know, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, probably Blanche on this one because, you know, she first of all helped her out by going out with Stan. And she found that she could have fun with people and not necessarily have an expectation of, you know, intimate relations. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately she never even did hurt her friend. Right. So, uh, and then they made up at the end. I See, now you're giving her the MVP arc. based on her behavior, which I think as far as just based on the episode, she'd probably be out of the main four, my LVP, just because I feel like Blanche didn't get a lot of great lines or anything in this particular one. Um, I, for me personally, I'd have to go with Rose. I, she just... She had a few really good lines. Yeah, and my that favorite story lines. with the with the sailors. Yeah, I love the story of the sailors. I love the suicide line, um, and she had a couple others in there that that I also enjoyed. So it, there wasn't a huge standout. Like it wasn't like you know Rose was far and away above the rest, um, <laughs> but she was the one who earned it for me. And, mm-hmm. and I'll say we had a conversation a couple episodes back about what you'd look for in a man. And, um, you know, because you're not as woke as I am, you couldn't answer that question very well. <laughs> but I can tell you, Stan would be the absolute opposite of what I'd look for in a man. Um, he's overly confident, which I don't like that, like cocky about himself, but also cries a lot and has, <laughs> you know, like overly emotional as well. Uh, and he apparently is somewhat irresponsible with money, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and women. Yeah. So yeah. kind of cruel to people. Yeah, everything about Very Stan self-serving. would not be a person that I would want to hang out with. So, but Or at least not that if I was going to get in a relationship with a dude, friendship or otherwise, <laughs> Stan would not be <laughs> the guy I choose. So anyway. So Brent, uh, does your MVP appear on screen in this episode or sitting at the, the table? The sewer peas? It was uh, it was Uncle Vito. Uncle Vito, <laughs> he, he was a problem solver. <laughs> that that is, he was. Yeah, I, I did get the job done. I yeah, suppose. No, it, it would be Rose. You know, for the aforementioned, you know, sailors and suicides. Yeah, I think she definitely had the best lines of this one. But uh, and Steve, I'll definitely concur with that one. And see how many uh, slices of cheesecake did this one earn in your mind? I, I liked it, but it wasn't one of my favorites. I'm gonna say five. Yeah, five is where I was landing at, too. Again, I, I liked it. I thought it was above average, but it wasn't, you know, stellar. Um, but, it, but a solid episode. What about you, Brent? Uh, just like a three. A three? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. Okay. Well, fair enough. Uh, that, that averages out a five, a five, and a three. Gets it a little over four. Um, so certainly not going to be in contention for Sophia's choice, but, uh, but a, a solid enough episode overall. Not an LVP. No, no, definitely (laughs) not. Definitely not a bottom feeder. And thankfully, there was nothing that uh, riled up Brent's, you know, moral side like the Minks did. His ire. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, thankfully, um, you know, thankfully we were able to avoid any of those pitfalls to (laughs) really get it down into the depths for Brent. (laughs) Well, you know, he's not as, he's definitely more pro Mink than pro Sailor, I guess. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. (laughs) because <laughs> he was he was fine with rose uh disparaging a sailor you mean well kind of yeah okay especially being careless with others hearts right and those serpent tattoos she's not wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're talking to a scorned man right there um so i i was wondering if um if somehow you know like i or ski became single at some point mm-hmm. Would you have an issue if one of us uh, started dating one of your exes? I, I think I, yes, I would have problems with it. 
but it would mainly just be as like, have you not heard anything I've ever said? <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, was I talking for my health? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys know what I told you, right? Like, that wasn't a lie. That's... Well, in fairness, I've met one of Brent's exes. I have not ever met the other one. Um, I, I should have, or would have, you know, had their relationship continued for a month longer, um, <laughs> two days longer, <laughs> two days longer. <laughs> you were so close, yeah, <laughs> on the precipice. <laughs> but yeah, his uh, Brent has not been cruel when describing his exes, but he also hasn't been uh, complimentary, and <laughs> so yeah, it it would be a surprising uh, turn of events to say the least. Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, though, you know, Blanche was even very surprised that she had any kind of good time with Stan, which, if you listen to anything Dorothy says, that seemed like a far-fetched story as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If something happened between Sherry and I, I, I can't imagine a circumstance where I'd be cool with either of you two, <laughs> you know, deciding to, to date her. Um, so, you know, I... Even though I know, you know, apparently Brent's funnier than I am and Ski's a nicer person than I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I still hope that Sherry would refrain from trying to, you know, add either of you two to, uh, you know, her relationship card or whatever. Yeah, but I'd be more upset with you two if one of you decided to take oh, her up approached on that offer. Her? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Alan, now that you guys are on the outs. Uh... <laughs> right. Well, it'd be especially awkward now because you two would be either cheating or leaving your own spouses. <laughs> Nikki <laughs> said it'd be okay, you yeah. know? Well, Nikki might actually. But <laughs> she's, she's a more open-minded woman, woman than most. But. I'm a little confused because if we're not supposed to woo her, what is this podcast been about? <laughs> she is the only one that's commented, right? Right, yeah, exactly. She's the only person listening. Yeah. She's our audience. <laughs> I thought this was an audition. Listen, if I'm dead, by all means, I'll, you two are in line for that. But if something goes south, then you know this this podcast might take a hard view. We, we've discussed this personally before. I'm definitely dying after you. Uh, you're definitely or before dying. you. Before oh, okay, you. Yeah. So it sounded just opposite of what I wanted. Yeah, the only way, like I said before, I think that in all honesty, the most likely way for me to go is, is suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, only because you figure all the possibilities, you know, you could die of, you know, a car accident or cancer or heart attack mm-hmm. or whatever. A um, heart attack might be higher on the list than suicide. But mm-hmm. I think if I ever got the, the notice from the doctor, like, oh, you have... Um, dementia or uh, incurable dot 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 well incurable I could deal with you know as long as like it wasn't some like if it wasn't it would be like a really prolonged thing where it would be a huge burden on my family so maybe incurable degenerative dot 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 degenerative mental things those would be where I'd be like you know what I don't want to have my last years (laughs) be not knowing what's going on and also still be a burden on people so like I said I think because that, you figure, would encompass, well, I guess, A, just a, a hard bout of depression that I don't foresee coming, but also, you know, the possibility of those other two diseases, uh, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I would say that'd be at least heart attack might be my number one uh, most likely. Statistically, you know, heart, heart yeah. attack and, and heart disease are definitely <laughs> high up high there. there, yeah. But anyways, but yeah, I think... You know, those aside, you'll die first because you want to. Hey, you don't want to have to watch the rest of us die. Oh, so. well, 
according to the test results I got in the mail on last Tuesday, I've got another six days till the COVID kills me. Oh, well, we better really get on these episodes then. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to have to spend your last six days on this earth. (laughs) Cramming them in, yeah. We've been within six feet of each other. They're your last six days, too. (laughs) Well, you know, it'll take, I've probably got like 20 days, right? Because it'll take a little time to, you know, settle in before. (laughs) His is really aggressive, though. Yeah, well, you could tell. He looks really sick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, well, with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.